Hi, everybody, and welcome to Truth Tuesday. So you know the trope. You've seen the story. Out of the blue, the main character of like a TV show or a film gets a notification that some distant relative has passed away. And they don't know exactly what this means, but they go to meet with the lawyer. And in this meeting with the lawyer, they, they're told that their great uncle or aunt so-and-so has passed away. And they are now entitled to receive this massive fortune. But there's one little catch before they can have it, they have to spend one night, just one night, in the old family mansion. Which, of course, we've seen before, and it's a great setup for all kinds of spooky hijinks or weird stuff or plots and intrigue. But there's this idea that, they're, that they are an heir to something. They're meant to inherit something, but there is a little something more that comes along with this inheritance. It doesn't just come easily. There's something required of them. Now, this might seem like a bit of a weird analogy, but it's what popped into my head when I was thinking about what we're going to talk about today, which is actually an incredibly amazing, positive thing, and that is being what we oftentimes call a co-heir with Jesus. Now, this language is used by Paul in the book of Romans, but today I'm actually going to read from the New Living Translation because I love the way it kind of paints the picture of this relationship that we have being a part of God's family and being a recipient of the of his inheritance and his glory. So we're going to kind of look at this passage that Paul writes in the book of Romans, break it down a little bit and see what it means to be an heir. And really, like I said, the term co-heir with Christ. So let's just get right into it. Let's go to Romans. We're going to go to the eighth chapter. We're going to read verses 15 to 17. I'm going to read it all through in one chunk, and then we're going to go back and just look at a couple of highlights from this passage of scripture together. Okay, let's start reading. Romans 8, 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So this is an amazing relationship that we have that we have because we know God the Father. Let's look at a couple of things here that I think are extremely positive things. Look in verse 15. You've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. We are not subservience. We are not oppressed. We are not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Abused or disenfranchised. We have a spirit that lifts us up and does not put us down. If we look a little bit after that, it says you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. I love the word right there, adopted, because it plays right into the idea that, you know what, we once turned our backs on God. We once were subject to a rift, to a gap, to a space that had to be overcome. And so God comes to us and brings us back to him. He adopts us. He makes makes us his children. And that's just an example of what Christ has done for us. And it says in the next part, now we call him Abba, 
father. Now, this word Abba, I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. This was a really popular concept that was well known years ago when I was younger, and I latched onto this. But this word Abba really is a very personal form of expression. This is not a formal expression like calling God Father, as in like we would sort of think in the English language of the word father, which is very formal, which is very appropriate. In a lot of cases, he is my father. That's a not only a, you know, genetic connection that I have to my father. That is actually a statement of respect and authority. He is my father. He is my parental figure in that role. Well, here it says we have the ability to call God Abba, which I've often heard compared to the term daddy in our language, which I think that might be a little too kiddish. You know, Abba really is a personal expression. It's like calling him dad. You know, it's it's something that connects us on a relational level rather than just an authoritative level. We have that kind of relationship with God the Father where he's not just in charge. He's not just the boss. He's dad. He's close. He's personal and he cares about each and every one of us who have been adopted as his children. And how do we know? How do we know that we're children of God? Look at this at the start of verse 16. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The confirmation of being an adopted child of God comes with that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Let's face facts for a minute, folks. And this is something that is not a very popular concept in our culture, but is something that is just the truth. Not everyone is an adopted child of God. Only those that have accepted God, have accepted Christ, have have drawn close to him and have been brought to him through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Those are God's children. There are many, many people who are created in the image of God, who God loves just as much as you or me, but they haven't been adopted into God's family. That's part of why we got to share the gospel. We got to spread that. So that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that is what marks us as God's children. It says so right here. And then on to verse 17, and here's where we're kind of getting to. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. So what is it that we are going to inherit? What is it that we are going to receive? A number of things. We receive the forgiveness of Christ. We forgive, receive the forgiveness of sins through Christ. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But the true heirship that we are entitled to because of what Christ has done is salvation and eternal life, forever connectedness to God. When we are heirs of God's glory, that means that for the rest of eternity, we will exist in this ever presence of who God is and in nonstop, unbroken connection with God the Father. That is our greatest inheritance to know God for all eternity. But there is that little caveat 
right? Just like having to spend the night in that house. There is a little bit more that comes along with all this good stuff that we just need to be aware of. And that is a that is just part of the whole package deal. And Paul ends this section with that where he says, but if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Now, the suffering of Christ was pretty widespread. You know, the, the prophet Isaiah tells us that he was a man of constant sorrow, sorrow. He was no stranger to suffering. His entire ministry was built around being consistently confronted with the reality of the brokenness of people around him. And not only that, he was rejected and despised by his own people. We see that throughout the scriptures. In fact, Jesus goes as far as in the book of John, he's admonishing his disciples. And he says these words to them, John chapter 15, verses 18 through 20. These are the words of Jesus. He says, if the world hates you, remember, it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. Becoming an adopted child of God, becoming an heir of the glory of God is a wonderful thing because just like Jesus was telling the disciples, I have called you out of this world. This is no longer your home. This is no longer your place. I'm bringing you into something better. But for the time that you are in this world, guess what? Jesus says it started with me. They hated me first, and you are heirs in all of the good, but guess what? The world is going to treat you as one of my heirs. So don't be surprised when they come at you because they came at me first. It is, there is nothing better than to know that we are co-heirs with Christ, to know that God's glory is ours to inherit and that we will be with him forever, just ever present with the Lord, our God, but stay strong because in this life, that inheritance comes with the need to, to, you know, be associated with Jesus. But just remember it started with him, and he is always there for us, helping us through it, and looking forward to that day when all the pain is gone and we are ever-present with God the Father and Christ forever. Hope this encouraged you, and happy Tuesday. <laughs>